Hello, beautiful people. This is Deb McBride, and you are listening to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. Today is February the 4th of the year 2024, and I am broadcasting from my patio in Escazú, Costa Rica. So, I am here to tell you about the week ahead, and this is this is a this is a very interesting time we're in, and I want to talk a bit about February in, in general because February is going to be what I believe a very intense month. You hear my birds in the background, aren't they nice? I believe February is going to be a very inten- intense month, and the reason for that is we are at the time of the year when planets start to move from Capricorn to Aquarius. And Mars is the exception. It, it, it is moving from Capricorn to Aquarius. But the, the thing is, normally, Mars does this once every two years. So this is important because it's doing it now <laughs> um, or in these next weeks. The inner planets are the Sun, the Moon, Venus, Mars, and Mercury, right? And what we're going to have late tonight into tomorrow, depending on where you live, and if you are someone living in Europe or Australia, it will definitely be Monday for you, where Mercury is going to move into Aquarius. Now, every year the planets do this, like I said, except Mars, which does this once every two years. And, you know, the moon does this every month. But we are having some very special effects over these next couple of weeks, because Remember what happened on January 20th, that both the Sun and Pluto went into Aquarius. And now Pluto's going to be there till September before it changes back into Capricorn till November, and then we're done with Capricorn and Pluto. So, and I've been saying this for months now, right? Um, However, Mercury, the planet of communication, is leaving Capricorn late tonight. It'll be 11.10 p.m. my time, Central Time, 9.10 p.m. Pacific Time, and 12.10 a.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time in the U.S. Now, it's a dynamic that is very powerful because Pluto, remember last year, remember Pluto went into Aquarius at the end of March and everything was done. Mercury, you know, well, Mars wasn't there, but Mars and Venus, Mercury, the sun, everybody was finished with Aquarius at that point because we were in Aries. And so we were going into Aries, all of this is happening. And, you know, the Pluto was going into Aquarius, but everybody else was finished with Aquarius by that point. And really, nobody had anything to do with it. This time is extraordinarily different because Pluto went into Aquarius the same day we started Aquarius season. So it was a double whammy Aquarius season, as you will recall from my discussion of this over the last few weeks. Now, we got a lot to talk about. Um, (laughs) Mercury is going to move into Aquarius and then almost immediately conjunct Pluto. Well, I wouldn't say immediately in like 20 minutes, but 7.58 a.m. Eastern Time, it will conjunct Pluto. So that's really about eight hours later, a little less than eight hours later, 
Mercury is going to move into Aquarius, then conjunct Pluto. Why? Because Pluto is at the beginning of Aquarius. So let's pretend I'm opening the door to Aquarius. I walk in the Aquarius door from the Capricorn room. So I'm walking out of the Capricorn room. I'm walking into the Aquarius room and I open the Aquarius door. I step into the Aquarius door, close the door behind me. I'm in the Aquarius room now and within about a short amount of time, I'm greeting Pluto or Pluto is there to greet me, right? So this is a very strong entry for all three of the inner planets that are going to do this over the next couple of weeks. And what this indicates for us is that we are going to get a lot of transformation, a lot of transformation in these moments because it's one, two, three steps into you know, conjunction with Pluto when we're dealing first with Mercury of communication, then Mars, which will be, you know, extremely powerful in Mars and Mars and, you know, Pluto together are, are you know, woo, powerful, intense, uh, could be aggravating, but we're not there yet. And then Venus and then Venus with, a, with you know, stepping into Aquarius and then conjuncting Pluto. So these are all really powerful moments and they're happening one right after the other. And so when it's so close like this, there's a story and there's a story and there's a lot of information flying around and we are not getting a lot of time to sort out information and feelings and situations we're we're getting thrown information uh, thrown at us then we're like sorting through it getting clear trying to get clear trying to make sense of it all and then boom again more information thrown at us and then again more information thrown and by information i don't just mean mercury i mean emotions feelings stuff, situations, uh, conundrums, kerfuffles, you know, Venus and Mars are emotional relationship planets. Mars is particularly emotional. It's hot-headed. It's Mars, right? Mars and Aquarius can be cooler, and, you know, Aquarius is a cooler sign than, say, you know, a hot-headed sign like a fire sign like Aries, you know? So they're moving through this experience one at a time, and the first one is going to be tomorrow. I do think that we have to keep our heads on straight here and we have to uh, really be perceptive and we have to be willing to go deep. That means we have to stop with ourselves, step back, listen to what's going on, look for the clues and the signs in our lives because the universe is speaking to us all the time, always. And nature speaks to us and the universe speaks to us. And if there are things in your life that are not adding up and not making sense and being very strange, the universe is speaking to us about something. And so we have to, it's up to us to step back, listen to it, take it apart and kind of make associations to it, analyze it. What is it telling you? What's the first thing that you think of? The first thing that comes to you and hopefully intuitively when something happens, well, what, what is it about? We have to sit down with ourselves and contemplate all of this. And I'll tell you about the last week in a few minutes, but this, <laughs> it's been really nutty. Um, there was, there was a lot of stuff that flew around this week and it had a lot to do with Uranus going direct. Now, 
Uranus is the planet that rules Aquarius, right? So this is, last week I talked a lot about Uranus. I talked a lot about Aquarius. I talked a lot about the dynamics between Uranus and Aquarius and then Pluto being in Aquarius and Uranus saying, hey, you know, that's my house, that's my sign. And Uranus and Pluto, you know, collaborating on a high level of transformation. And so when you get to outer planets, like exchanging apartment keys like this or like getting into their um their into each other's energy their respective energies then we are looking at something that is profoundly profoundly deep and transformative and shifting and changing on a regular basis this isn't something ah today it was this oh isn't that weird how about that no there is something outer planets come through and they're permanent they sort through something, they mean something's changed because your awareness has shifted, and that's the nature of an outer planet. Um, an outer planet is really something very profound and does not uh, allow us to go back to where we were. It's like I said before, the pill cannot be unswallowed. Once you've got something and you've got knowledge, you are not allowing that knowledge to dissipate or disappear. You are in a very strong place of now knowing something. You can't unknow it once you know it, right? The pill can't be unswallowed. The information cannot be unknown. This is something deep and profound. And it asks us to, again, take a step back and to really clarify what's happening in our lives, okay? There's a lot going on right now, and we're going to sort this, sort this through one step at a time. So the first thing is that Mercury is communication, it's ideas, it's thoughts, it's aha moments when it's combined with an outer planet. When it gets close to Pluto, we get a little obsessive in our thoughts. We might start thinking in a circular manner. We might start thinking like all sorts of it could be one thing, pie in the sky ideas, you know, like big ideas, like profound ideas. It might also be very revelatory for us if you do some deep meditations and inner work and connection to self and journaling. It's very profound for writing, for speaking. If you have a speech to give, if you have a lecture to give, if you're teaching, all of this is really good for our Mercury Pluto. It's very strong when it's with Pluto. Everything gets a super duper vitamin shot when it's with Pluto, okay? So we want to look at Mercury's energies. We want to look at work Mercury rules. It rules communications and thoughts and ideas and, and, and intellect and travel, like local travel. You know, it's not Jupiter big time travel. It's, it's getting around the neighborhood. It's getting around on the public transport. It's driving around your city. It's just some local traveling or short distances. You know, maybe you, you live near the beach and you go to the beach for the weekend, those kinds of things. But also, you know, contracts and deals. This is why there's that whole don't sign contracts during Mercury retrograde situation. So if you are, if you are going to sign a new lease on a storefront or you're going to sign an agreement to do a big project. These are things around Pluto that could be life-changing if you start these tomorrow, for sure, or in the next few days, because it's going to be very close. But Mercury and Pluto are always deep 
thoughts, deep, intense, uh, intense work. Pluto is the planet of the underworld. And remember that in the Persephone myth, Mercury was the only one that could traverse the upper world and the underworld without getting scathed, <laughs> you know, wasn't going to go into, wasn't going to go into the underworld and die. And so Mercury can handle Pluto's energy very well. It's not going to get scorched. It's not going to get dragged into the underworld and be defeated. It's not going to, but it can be changed. You might have a conversation with someone tomorrow that changes the course of your relationship with them. You are the course of your um, experience with some, you know, thing in your life, a project, your work, you know, your marriage, your family, something. And, and Pluto remembers the underworld. It's all things hidden. It can be secrets. Remember it rules Scorpio, which as we know, has a reputation being secretive. This could be secrets revealed. This could be an unveiling of sorts. And, you know, Pluto's just operating in his underworld regularly and you know he's not retrograde right now he's he's in the upper world he's doing his thing and then mercury comes along and taps him on the shoulder and a dialogue ensues and so this is something very it's not going to be dull it's going to be profound it's, this is going to be something profound so this is something we want to pay attention to something should get your attention in these days maybe it already has um i've already felt things stirring and stewing so let's let's see what evolves out of this in these next few days okay then you know next week it's going to get to mars and venus and it's going to do both of those planets in the same week mars being the planet of you know fighting and warrior and anger and and also uh, the planet of very you know when it goes with pluto it's very deep it could be very deep anger that you have to resolve. It could be a place in your life where you didn't realize you were angry and it's important if you get triggered to work with it. It's very powerful for like exercise and, you know, burning up that Marsy energy. And it isn't a planet that like, you know, is mellow and calm. That's Venus. But they're all in Aquarius, so they have a certain amount of electricity going through them. Now, remember, when Mercury goes to Pluto, Mercury's in Aquarius. So this is all like, you know, analysis and thoughts and flying ideas and stuff. And then with Mars, it's also a lot of high-energy, electrical, planetary, Aquarian energy, okay, because that's what Aquarius rules. It's that electrical energy that stirs us up and gets us, um, you know, innovating and discovering something new and researching. And Aquarians can be like detectives too. So there could be some, especially with Pluto, there could be a lot of detective work that happens as we, as we move through these aspects. You know, Pluto encourages deep, deep actions. Act, deep action is Mars-Pluto. Deep love is Venus-Pluto. Deep triangles is Venus-Pluto. And this is, this is a very strong time period this next couple of weeks because 
you know, Mercury's tomorrow, Mars is next week, and then Venus is next week. And I'll definitely talk more about these as we get into next week's podcast, which will be February 11th. And we talk about Mars on the 12th, and then Venus on um, the 16th and 17th. Um, so yeah, this is a very strong time period. It is intense. And, you know, if you want to get things accomplished, I recommend using your energy towards that, getting things accomplished during this time. It's not Saturn. It's not that experience of Saturn where, you know, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to have things at the end of the day that, you know, are accomplishments and I can check them off my list and make sure that I've, uh, accomplished everything I set out to do and all my goals are met. That's a very Saturn Capricorn thing. This is this is more of the flavor of the unexpected. And now on that note, let's talk about Uranus. <laughs> so yes, last week Uranus went direct from retrograde. And you know, last week's podcast was a lot about the energies of Uranus and describing it. Now I'll tell you what happened. Um <laughs> Ah, so much unexpected stuff, so many twists and turns, so many things. But the one, the person I saw the most having this happen is my my coach and friend Yerlin, who is having her Uranus opposition. And if you know about the Uranus opposition, it's something that happens when you're in your early 40s. We all get it. And it's when Uranus comes back around the zodiac to oppose the Uranus in your chart. So the Uranus by transit comes around and opposes your Uranus. And astrologers call this the midlife transition. And it's a nice term for midlife crisis. Now, it doesn't have to be a crisis. It could be, it's a transition. It's some sort of uprooting or movement in your life, something that can change things for you. It can, and it's going to be lots of things. It's not just one single path you're on. Lots of things can happen. Certainly a lot of things happened to me when I had mine. And so when she had this um, station, which is not, it passed her Uranus, went backwards, you know, retrograde, and then it, it's going to go forwards and hit it this year. But she had two things happen. First was that she was driving to see her aunt and she was saying something like, so her one aunt, she like was going to see one aunt and the other aunt was on the phone saying, boy, you're brave. You're driving 1030 at night around San Carlos and you're not with your husband. And, and how can that be? Wow. And she's like, oh, I do this all the time. No big deal. And then she's like going along and drives across this bridge. And there's a couple of guys on a motorcycle and they see her, a woman alone in a car at 1030, 11 o'clock at night and in the middle of nowhere, driving over a bridge in you know San Carlos, which is you know, jungle. And they stop their motorcycle and one guy gets off and doesn't take his helmet off and starts walking towards her car with putting some his hand in his pocket to reach for something. And she said, this is not good. And she slammed on her accelerator. And I think she tapped their motorcycle because the bridge was narrow and the guy started slamming, like hitting her car, the back of her car with his hands or, or something. And or had a stick or something, and they were hitting the back of her car. So they did not have good intentions. So her aunt said, wow, you're brave. And she's like, no, what are you talking about? I do this all the time. And then there was an incident. Then there was another town. Well, I might have even mentioned this. She had an accident last Saturday on the, exactly at the station of Uranus going direct where she had been thinking a couple days before, you know what? It's been really nine years since I've had an accident. I'm really glad. Now, nine years may seem like, wow, that's not that long ago. 
for most of us because but Costa Rica drivers are crazy. So she got sideswiped at the farmer's market on Saturday morning. Not long after thinking this, I think a day or two prior, she was thinking this. That's really good that I haven't had a car accident. I'm really happy. Now she got sideswiped. Somebody hit her in the side of the car. And then we were out on Tuesday when I went for my birthday in Cartago. And everybody, we were celebrating my birthday again. It was very nice. I just posted on Instagram if you haven't seen it. But she had, she had something, um, oh my goodness, uh, I think it's the coolant for the, for the radiator, not the radiator, the coolant for the engine, you know, the liquid that you put in to keep the engine cool. The container was leaking because of the accident. So now she had to get all sorts of yeah, coolant and she had three gallons of it and she kept having to replace it while we were driving to Cartago, which is, you know, a good hour, hour and a half from here up the mountain. And so... This was, this was the second thing that happened. And then we were driving back on Tuesday night and she said, yeah, you know, I have my green card in the U.S. because she had been married to an American and she and her daughters are there and she was going to visit them this week. And she said, you know, I really didn't, don't want to get my United States citizenship. I don't want to get a passport because I have to stay in the U.S. for 18 months and I don't want to do that. Because she travels so much. She's traveling all the time. She went to Aruba. Last year, she went to Aruba and Colombia within a couple of months of each other. She's constantly traveling. She went to Antarctica. She went to Egypt. She went, well, now she said that. And on Wednesday morning, she was on her flight to go see her daughters. And when she had a stopover in South Carolina, they pulled her into detention. And why do you have a green card and you're not getting your citizenship? And why aren't you living here full time and you travel too much and all this? And then another man came and they, she said they sh shot her a thousand questions at her and she didn't have a chance to answer. And then another man walked in and said, what are you doing? She has a green card. She's perfectly legal. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't do well, I'm just following protocol. No, no, no. She has a green card. She's legal. So this is, this is. The third time that she thought of something, uh, said something, and it all happened. And she said, wrote to me and said, I can't take this energy anymore. What's going on? What is this has to stop? And I said, I think you're being shown something. Now, we don't just accept these things at face value and say, man, this is bad luck. No. Three times a charm, folks. Three times. This is not an accident. This is not a coincidence. This is a synchronicity. I don't believe in coincidence anyway. It's a synchronicity. This is, she's being shown something. And I said to her, you're being shown an energy that you have. You're manifesting really fast. And maybe you need to turn this around in your favor and use this energy to manifest something that you want. All the good stuff you, you have, it's showing you, you have a lot of magic. And when Uranus stepped forward and was shaking up her Uranus in her chart, it's obviously something that is energy being released and also she's learning something from this I said you have to harness this energy and turn it around to manifest positive things that you want she says it's never like I'm afraid of a million dollars just appearing in my account <laughs> I'm how did that million dollars get there oh god I'm so scared where did that million dollars come from <laughs> and that could happen with Uranus too <laughs> That's the funny thing, but she's got to, she's got to make this shift. And for all of you out there having a Uranus opposition or feeling some thunder and lightning from Uranus, 
think about how you can use this to your advantage and turn this around. And Uranus is the magician. Uranus is a magical being. Uranus is pulling rabbits out of an empty hat. No tricks. This is something where Uranus can conjure something up. And that is the nature of Uranus and Aquarius. So we have to stay on alert for magic and for things that are unexpected and and know that, yes, there's a randomness. There is a randomness to the universe, but there's this profound order to the universe. And if something happens to you, um, you know, what you're experiencing, you've got to look at it. Again, I'm telling you to look deeply at these things because they're all affecting Pluto. Now, when Uranus went direct, it is the ruler of Aquarius, and it's going to shake up Aquarius and whatever's going on in Aquarius. We're in Aquarius season. Last year, I think Uranus went direct. It was still Capricorn season. But Uranus went direct. This year, Pluto and Pluto and the sun were in Aquarius, both of them. And now it's, it's going to affect Pluto as well. And when, you know, it doesn't mean that, remember, Uranus owns Aquarius, okay? It's, and if, if Uranus calls on the phone and shakes things up, good or bad, or however you want to define it, or it just is, Pluto's going to get a shakeup. So now whenever Uranus makes movements, Pluto gets a shakeup. Uranus is going to turns forward and suddenly things like Venus get a shakeup because Uranus is in Taurus. So, but this is more profound. You're not going to feel it so much with Venus because they're not outer planets. This is Uranus and Pluto we're talking about in, with dealing with Aquarius. So yes, this is very energetic. For me, I... I was here with my cleaning lady on Wednesday and I had heard something in my broom closet the night before and I thought it was the raccoons on the roof and my cleaning lady was here Wednesday and my cat kept going over to the broom closet where she leaves the door open so she can come in and out and get brooms and rags and the vacuum cleaner and everything and I was standing in the kitchen which is not far from the broom closet and she came in and she was going to take the vacuum out of the broom closet and she said screamed screamed and jumped back and I said oh the scratching I heard last night in the broom closet I said okay and she says una rata which means there's a rat in the broom closet okay now I don't live in New York anymore and rats are not in my house but I do have a garden next to it and there's a garden door and it's right near the broom closet so it's something ran in and I didn't know about it I don't know how the hell that thing got in my house other than it ran in one point maybe um but it didn't come out and I think because it smelled the cat and the cat smelled it and she kept going over the door and I kept saying Catamarina what are you doing there's nothing there for you and so out of nowhere this rat came and it like pandemonium pandemonium because I ran to go get help and as I'm running across the garden to go get help, of course, Giselle is like, what's the matter? Because she heard my you know, Veronica's screams. And I was like, I, I explained. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know. And I went to go get our handyman guard, Sebastian. And on the way, I run into this nice, congenial Canadian guy that's staying here with his girlfriend in one of the Airbnbs. And he's like, oh, I'll help you. I said, you don't want to do this. And he's like, no, no, no. He's 20-something. He's an environmentalist. He's an outdoorsy guy. And he's like, no, I'll help you. And I said, Okay. I have cleaned up rats all the time at my old fraternity. No worries. <laughs> He's get you got a bucket? Yeah. Take the bucket. He takes the bucket. He goes in the house. He's helping the cleaning lady. And he gets bitten by the rat. The rat bit his finger. 
And I'm like, I, at that point, I would just want to like freak out. <laughs> I did freak out. I was like cursing and saying things and saying, oh my God, oh my God. And I felt so bad for this young man who decided to help and he didn't need to. And he did. And he's like, and he was so mellow. No, it's no big deal. I'm fine. I'll be fine. So, but while he was trying to catch it, my cleaning lady caught it with a broomstick and beat the crap out of it and broke its neck. <laughs> and he scooped it up and then took it, took it out of my garden and threw it in the river. And that was the end of that, the rat. But I am a person that pays attention to the signs of the universe and of nature. And you have to pay attention to nature. And when nature shows up, there's a message in it. There are power animals. Yes, I am. You know, I'm in touch with the shamans and all of that. Yes. But you have to know that when an animal shows up, unusual like this, not like the same bird that comes to your window every day. Um, although that's a message too. But, you know, if you always have squirrels in your backyard, I don't consider them to be power animals. But if you have the same pretty bird that comes every day, yeah, that could be something. But um, this, out of the ordinary, this Uranian rat, <laughs> and it's not the year of the rat, it's the year of the dragon. Um, it means that there's a rat in my midst. There's something ratty going on. There's, there's you know, a, a rat. Somebody's a rat. So I have to look very deeply and carefully at that. And I can look at other meanings of the rat, but the first thing to me is, there's a rat. Anyway, um, the year of the dragon is Friday. It is the new moon this week in Aquarius, of course, because we are in Aquarius season. It happens at 20 degrees Aquarius, Friday the 9th. This is at um, 5.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So yes, uh, then the moon goes void. And so this is the Lunar New Year. It is the year of the dragon. I do not know much about Chinese astrology and Chinese Lunar New Year, but you know, there's plenty of information online and there's lots of experts who do know about these things. And so it is the year of the dragon. So we are finishing the year of the rabbit and we are starting the year of the dragon and let's celebrate on Friday. And then... Um, on Thursday the 8th, there will be the sun square Uranus. And so Uranus is getting triggered again. So this is more Uranian energy, okay? Sun is squaring Uranus, and then there's the new moon, which is technically squaring Uranus. So this whole arrangement of the sun and the moon together at the new moon, which is starting the new year, year new Chinese new year, is definitely powerful because it's squaring Uranus, its ruler, okay? So we are not finished with Uranus's energy. On Wednesday the 7th, Venus will trine Uranus, which is very good, um, from Capricorn. Um, the moon will also trine Uranus from Capricorn. Venus and the moon are going to be conjunct on Wednesday. That's very nice. But this is all um, deeply, profoundly Uranian again. Okay, so we've got Mercury in Aquarius coming now. Mercury's finally leaving Capricorn. We went retrograde in December. This is all very profound energy with Uranus and Aquarius. I talked a lot about it last week. You can go back and listen to last week's podcast. And I am uh, I am just going to tell you to expect the unexpected because this Uranus energy, this Uranus and Pluto, it's going to be with us for a while. Okay, so we've got the sun and the moon conjuncting in Aquarius, and then the sun is going to square Uranus on Thursday. The moon will square Uranus on Friday when they make that relationship, and that's going to heat Uranus up again. 
Mercury is going to heat Uranus up by being in Aquarius and conjuncting Pluto. So this, there's a lot of wild energy. Stay as grounded as you can. Spend time in nature. And also dream and get a little risky about what it is that you want in your life. Because energies will just carry us. Like my, my coach, I have to, I told her, you have to like harness this energy. It's powerful. It's showing you that you can manifest really quickly. So you have to change your thoughts and she can, she'll do this. She'll do it. And then we'll, the next thing we'll hear is like how a million dollars did fall into her bank account out of nowhere. So (laughs) that's, that's her. She's very magical. Um, So this is a deeply transformative time with all this Pluto getting triggered and rarely it does it happen that one planet crosses Pluto, another planet crosses Pluto, another planet crosses Pluto and how we are deeply in this place of transformation with Uranus. So I am at the end of my podcast and I would love you to, you know, contact me if you're having these Uranus Pluto moments and if you'd like a session with me, I'm at thegoldenastrologer.com. My, uh, that's my website. My Instagram is Golden Astrologer. And, you know, expansion mentoring will help you get through these wild days. And we can work with this energy that's available to us. And that's it. We want to work with this energy. And I work with people three months, six months, 12 months. And you can DM me or write to me, deb at debmcbride.com, info at thegoldenastrologer.com for more information and to sign up for expansion mentoring. And I am here for you every week. So, and this airplane is going to drown me out. (laughs) As I wind down this podcast, thank you again for listening. Thank you so much. Many beautiful days ahead ride this wave and stay in touch. Tell me your Uranus Pluto's Uranus Pluto's stories and how they are affecting you and reach out if you'd like to get some help with this energy and better use of it. Gratitude to all for listening. Much love. See you next week.